episode 95 of the 25 Live. My name is Jim Bernico. My special guest this week is Brian Goodman. Now, Brian is a lieutenant in a fairly large fire department in Virginia. He's been doing that for 14 years there. And uh, I can't really go into any more specifics beyond that because I don't want to get him in trouble. But uh, he's on here. He's going to share his story, everything he's dealt with for him and his family, all regarding PFOS. It's a a pretty disheartening crazy story and it's something that uh, all firefighters really should hear and I applaud Brian and his his vulnerability that he showed but we're also going to talk about PFOS testing you know the blood work and uh, how to do that uh, which is something he's done and then at the end we'll talk about the current NFPA TIA that is available for public comment in which we're trying to actually get these chemicals out of our fire gear or at least give us the option. Give us the choice. So without any further ado, I'm going to tag Brian in. All right. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm, I'm good. Now, I know you got a spiel. Go ahead and, and knock that out, and we'll get down to business. Okay. Well, you know, first, thank you for having me on your show. Um, I got to let you know, though, that all the opinions I have are my own. I'm not here as a representative of any department or municipality. No, I, I got that. I got my PP smacked before. So <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Misrepresentation. So no, I, you know, that's, it's all good. I get that. So no worries there. So, you know, the reason I brought you on the show here is uh, you got a story I and, do, and, and I want you to just put it out there, share that story. And, uh, and we'll just kind of go from there. So, if you don't mind, I mean, I'm just going to tag you in and I'm going to lay back and let you do your thing. Okay. Yeah, sure. So this really, this really kind of starts um, indirectly in 2017 when Diane Cotter um, released, released a paper on station pride talking about, you know, the potential of PFAS in gear. And, you know, that was one of those things that just caught my attention. I passed that on to my officer at the time and I'm like, hey, I think we need to look at this. This could be pretty serious. Fast forward a couple years to May 2020. My wife and I thought that our dream of, of having a family was going to come to fruition. Um, she woke me up in the middle of the night and immediately was like, hey, I think I'm having a miscarriage. So we, you know, it was obviously during like the global pandemic, right? So we try and we, uh, we call her OB and we're like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. Um, you, you know, she's 10 days late. She hasn't had a positive pregnancy test, but this is like all the signs and symptoms of a miscarriage. And, you know, we we're begging to come in there. They wouldn't let us in. Finally, after like, you know, firefighters are persistent folks, right? So after like 10 phone calls or whatever, they're finally like, all right come on in, we'll check her out, et cetera. So we do, and they run a bunch of like really invasive, humiliating tests. And ultimately what they found was, is they couldn't determine whether or not after the fact that my wife was having a miscarriage, but all of the things that they tested for checked out, she was completely fine. So the, the attention quickly turned to me. And my first step was at EVMS. And I went in and they did, uh, obviously, you know, first step for guys is hormone testing, sperm analysis, 
and you know a bunch of blood work on you know your thyroid and stuff like that and ultimately they they didn't find anything on it i had no sperm <laughs> like zero and that was when it was spun down like there was nothing there and they quickly noted abnormal hormones specifically in testosterone and estradiol and they didn't know why so they sent out um genetic testing which is what they wanted me to do next when i got those results back they didn't show any so with male fertility they immediately go into genetic testing because if it's if it's not an issue with your pipes then there it's usually typically a, an issue with your genes right i didn't have any any deletions off of my genetic code there was no deletions off of the the chromosomes nothing they immediately kind of got a little worried, um, kind of put me into a urologist for urology of Virginia, and um, they did a biopsy. And the two things that they wanted to test for is to see if I had pockets of sperm residing in my testicles and whether or not I had testicular cancer. Unfortunately, while I didn't have testicular cancer, you know, I also didn't have any sperm. So after that, we asked to go uh, to VCU in Richmond um, for a second opinion. We spoke with uh, Dr. Smith Harrison. Um, I kind of like filled him in on what was going on and what my thoughts were. And I was like, you know, I think this could be related to firefighting. You know, there, there was, there's talk about this PFAS stuff, you know, and we immediately started researching this and I think that there's a leak, uh, a link there. And he said, okay, well, um, you know, I think that we can still find something. So why don't we, you know, go ahead and schedule what they call a micro tessie, right? So micro testicular sperm extraction. And uh, we, we went ahead and scheduled that. In the meantime, what they wanted to do was, was increase my testosterone levels. So I was put on Clomid. Right. So when I was put on Clomid, I immediately gained like 60 pounds overnight. My testosterone went through the roof and uh, consequently, the estradiol also went through the roof. So when I kept on having to repeat the sperm analysis, they were unfortunately not showing any change whatsoever. It was like everything is there anatomically. Everything is fine. You know, it looks outside of like two hormones like they just can't pinpoint what is actually going on so once they realized that the estradiol was up dr smith harrison then put me on um a chemo so the hope of the chemo was to keep the testosterone high right but bring the estradiol down to normal ranges on both of the hormones so that my body hopefully recognizes what's going on and then starts working again. Unfortunately, that didn't happen because I can't control those two hormones. It crashed them both. And we immediately backed off of everything. Now, chemo is literally one of the worst possible things that you could ever go on. Like I still deal with like what they call a chemo brain, like memory fog, and I break out in like these weird random rashes that are literally all over my body that I can't get rid of. Now, luckily for, for me, it's, it's decreased over time, but ultimately it's still present. 
So we had the micro testing surgery in March of uh, 2021. And um, again, the results were not what we hoped. There was absolutely nothing there. During this time, while we were sitting in, getting ready to do a consultation, it just so happened that the front desk picked up a phone. And the phone call was from the wife of another firefighter. And I know this because we could hear the conversation happening. It was on speaker. Front desk was probably about 10 feet away. And I immediately thought to myself, well, I know I'm not the only one with this. Like this is happening to firefighters. So I asked Dr. Smith Harrison if, if after I put together a paper that if I could send it to him and after he read it, if we could potentially start a research project together on firefighters, PFAS exposure and infertility. And ultimately he agreed simply due to the fact that my, my diagnosis after the pathology came back was sertoli cell only syndrome, okay? With an unknown etology, which basically means that I have one cell in my testicles and they don't know why because they can't find a medical explanation for it. And it, it's, not supposed to be, it's not supposed to happen. So I was immediately referred to endocrinology after this. And at VCU Endocrinology, I met with Dr. Madon, who then again ran a, another litany of blood tests, um, you know, from the, from the thyroid all the way down to, you know, testosterone. She repeated literally everything that's been run. In addition, um, I had a physical, and this was all pretty much in April around my birthday. And now, this is the first time in 14 years that I've been in the fire service that I've been able to access my physical records without actually having to physically go somewhere. Like I could just pull it up online. So we're making great strides. And one of the things that I immediately noted was the fact that, you know, we just got done um, in May with the, uh, the 2021 um, National Firefighter Cancer Symposium. And I remember I remember that slide from Dr. Angela Slip, right? Because I was taking pictures and I was, you know, recording and writing notes on, on all, the, all the presentations. And I remember her linking liver enzymes to PFAS exposure. And I'm like, oh, no way. So when we got those results, I immediately went back and looked at all my notes that I took and realized that I had borderline uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So then I was like, okay, well, let me just, let me just back up. Right. You know, I just, I just got off of chemo not too long ago. Maybe this is an after effective chemo, right? That's, that's not out of the realms of logic. Sure enough, the first time I ever popped positive for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, when those liver enzyme tests came back was 2019. So that preceded the date of the chemo. So I immediately took pictures of this stuff, copied the results and sent them off to uh, both Dr. Smith Harrison, Dr. Magon. And I mean, they noted the significance of it. They're actively right now researching what is going on. During that time frame, I also was filling in Dr. Madon on all of the, the connections I made and uh, sent her 
the the original paper that I wrote, the white paper defenseless. And she reviewed it and she's like, you know, I think that we need to really start diving deeper into this. So I told her about the possibility of Dr. Smith Harrison and I trying to put something together for VCU in, in regards to firefighter testicular cancer, firefighter uh, PFAS exposure and firefighter infertility. Because what my diagnosis is, Sertoli cell only syndrome is widely considered a precursor to testicular cancer. So from here on out, like I've got to get tested twice a year, every year. So um, when we, I was explaining all this, I told her that I found a lab in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania that could potentially test us uh, for PFAS. And if she was if she was willing to do it, I would need a doctor's order to get there. So we really, really, really started investigating like that process on how do we go from VCU to getting my blood drawn, you know, to, to Willow Grove, Pennsylvania and getting that done. And with their guidance, with VCU Medical's guidance, we were able to kind of simplify that process. And <clears throat> what that entailed was uh, through making a couple phone calls, we found out that the, the lab in Pennsylvania, NMS, has a contract with LabCorp, okay? So if, as long as LabCorp's got that doctor's order, they can draw your blood for it. It's, it's literally like one, two, right? And they'll send that to um, Willow Grove overnight. And then they, usually the turnaround's about eight days, but it ended up being uh, 14 for me. And while it was good and we got the information that we needed, the ultimate issue with PFAS testing is they tested six. They tested six of the known PFAS out of 9,252. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just six. And, you know, I popped positive for four out of the six with PFHSX as the highest and PFOS was right behind it. So once I got those results, uh, both doctors at VCU were essentially floored, right? Because that's, that's a vindication that, that what I thought the entire time on why this had happened and all the research that I had done on firefighter infertility and firefighter testicular cancer, not only to mention those two, but this is, this is widespreading, right? This is, this is, we know it's liver disease. We know it's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We know it's prostate cancer. We know it's thyroid cancer. We know, I mean, it's just, there's so many of them that have a direct link that we know that high exposure, you know, to PFAS causes these cancers. Not only to mention our gear that has been proven by Dr. Graham Peasley in Notre Dame is one of the most highly fluorinated textiles known to man. It is, it is just remarkable that now all of this information is starting to come out and you know, it's, it's basically vindication for people like Diane and LT Paul Cotter who have been at the very beginning fighting this the entire time. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, some of your listeners next question is, is well, well, how do you know it's in your gear? Well, it just so happened that I sent, I didn't send it out. 
I was getting ready to send my gear out when uh, I got an email from Dr. Graham Peasley, who said, I already have it on file. Your gear, your gear is pop positive for, for PFAS. So in addition to that, my, my entire thinking the entire time was so our station wear, our class B's or class C's or whatever you want to refer to them as are, are Nomex. Okay. And my thinking the entire time, simply due to like a, a pretty archaic test that I performed in my house. So I took my Nomex pants and I put them under the sink and I dripped water on them. And I wanted to see if the water went through the pants or not. Well, it didn't. So the entire time I'm thinking, okay, great. You know, now my, now my pants have this PFAS in them too. So I sent my station uniform to Notre Dame to get tested. Well, the results that I got back were what not what I wasn't expecting, but they were equally as shitty, right? So while, while my, my station uniform didn't have PFAS in it, what it did have was, like I said, it was equally as bad. So it had brominated fire or flame retardants that have been banned in the United States since 2004. Okay. In addition, it had benzene in it. And that's, that's been published by DuPont themselves. So the combination of benzene and brominated flame retardants literally mirror the effects of PFAS. So for your viewers out there, if I could just kind of paint this like picture, uh, my testicles were essentially exposed to uh, highly toxic chemicals for 33% of the year, every year for 14 years. So it is, it is honestly amazing that, you know, this is now just starting coming to the surface. And um, it's, it's infuriating and heartbreaking as well. So that is, that is kind of where our story starts and, and stops. There are, are many, many, many chapters left to be written. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful that you are, you are having me here simply because I don't want what has happened to me happen to anybody else. I don't, I don't want that, you know, uh, you know, when I took the oath 14, 14 years ago, um, you know, we, we're supposed to protect life and property. So, sorry. Um, it's disheartening, isn't it? Yeah. You, so um, you're, you're, you take this oath and you're going to defend everybody. But at the same time, it seems like nobody gives a shit about you and your family. It look, yeah, you know, it's like I said, it's infuriating because we know that DuPont's known and 3M's known. And, you know, from the work of, uh, you know, Diane and uh, LT Cotter and the Environmental Working Group and Captain Sean Mitchell in Nantucket and yourself, like we know that these, they know. There's documents and, and research and, you know, I mean, the study from Notre Dame, the study from Harvard, the study from 
that San Francisco is doing right now with Stanford, in addition to the University of Arizona. We know that this stuff is not only affecting males, but is affect, it's affecting our sisters as well. It's affecting our female firefighters. This, is, this stuff is ubiquitous. It is in everything. It is in our water. It is in the makeup that our, our significant others wear. It is, it is in uh, the fish that we eat. I mean, it is gear, you know, guitar strings. It, it's everywhere. And we know this. And yet somehow, you know, I don't, I don't know if, um, if you've seen it, but uh, Sharon Lerner published an article today about how uh, Exxon, you know, there's, there was a thing about Exxon. She's been publishing stuff in regards to pesticides as well as Carrie Gillum. You know, I mean, this, they've known not only that our food is tainted, our water's tainted, and now our bodies are tainted. And the EPA knew as well. It is, it is beyond infuriating. So yeah, it's like once you go down one rabbit hole, you find a bunch more, and all it does is just disgust you. And they're all they're all intertwined. They're all the same playbook, and they all choose profit over health. Every one of them. Yeah, so much so, man, that, you know, DuPont in 1992 had a study done, and this is in the 90s, okay, where we were really able to connect our dots with an internal document from DuPont simply doing a test on rats. And this test that was done in 1992 basically exposed the rats to PFAS, and they wanted to see what the male rat's response was. Well, the male rat's response was they were unable to control the two hormones that coincidentally I'm unable to control right now. They had no ability to control their testosterone levels and their estradiol levels. And this is a published DuPont document. You know, so that was really that was really where this whole thing came came full circle for us, in addition to the gear, the station wear in my blood itself. You know, at that point, at that point, it wasn't it wasn't proving that this is 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 the reason why this has happened to me. At that point, it was now transitioning over into an education, trying to get the word out. You know, and there's going to be people who who agree and disagree, and, and I welcome all opinions. But the fact of the matter is, is my only goal in this is is simply to protect those that don't know at that moment that they need protecting. That is why I joined the fire service. At this point, you're like me, where you're just you're fighting for the next generation. Exactly. And the generation after that, and their yeah. families, and their ability to have families, and, and live healthy retirements that don't last whatever the national average is, what, five years after you retire is, you know, <laughs> we got to, we have to be better, not only as firefighters in, in municipalities, but we have to be better as men and women. And we need to start talking about this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I know that for some folks out there, it's just probably way too much personal information, especially when you're talking about your testicles. But the reason why it's so important to talk about your testicles is because guys are, are notoriously known 
including myself, for not wanting to go to the doctor. You know, and unfortunately, because of that, we don't have the data. You know, the dots aren't able to be connected as well because guys, you know, they may do a semen analysis and they're done, right? They're, they don't want to go any further than that. I, I went the distance. You know, I've had, I've had two surgeries. I've been put on hormone therapy and I've been put on chemo, you know, because it, it was so important to get at least that data there that maybe we can move forward and start trying to find additional answers and potentially additional treatments for other men that are in the same situation as I am you know, especially in the fire service, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks in the fire service that have had infertility issues that are men and will never, ever talk about it. So hopefully I can at least maybe not provide answers, but I can at least maybe answer some of their questions. You're putting it on the radar. I mean, you're putting it out there. Um, and, and you're right, you know, um, it's hard for us to be vulnerable. It's hard for us to put our journeys out there. Um, we come from such a macho job that um, this is still looked down upon. Yeah. Um, for you to share your story. I've shared mine as a recent. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not common. And uh, what you're doing you're breaking down the stigma you're putting it out there you're putting people on notice you're you're putting the problem on notice and i know there's some research that's going on but there needs to be more there does and we need to figure this this whole thing out i i do want to circle back because i think this is important to talk about the blood work yeah because it's this is not something correct me if i'm wrong this is not something your insurance is going to cover you no, it's not. You're going to come out of pocket. Yep. It's going to be pretty expensive. It is. It was, um, so I don't know of any insurance right now that, that covers PFAS testing, even with a doctor's order. Um, for me, it was, uh, it was, it was $635 to get tested on, on six known PFAS chemicals out of the 9,252. And it was worth every single penny because, like I said, it was instant vindication. You know, I could see where your your private insurance has trouble justifying this and paying for this, but this is perhaps a noticed NFPA. You know, maybe this should be part of the 1582 physicals. It should. It should. And one of the things that I'm really, really, really pushing in my own department is is trying to have this a part of our physical. Now, it's been put on their radar. Our OCH health director has, has knows about it now. However, um, there's still a lot, of, a lot of work to be done to get that into fruition. And that is one of the things that I absolutely want to see through. What would be tremendous is getting a baseline when you start the job. Yes. When you're in recruit school, before you see any gear, any smoke, anything. Yeah, absolutely. That baseline and then follow it up throughout the years. I mean, I know that part of the, the firefighter cohort study is they're doing that with a lot of different levels, 
but I don't believe that PFOS is one of them. Yeah. And it, and it absolutely needs to be. Yes, sir. I agree. You know, because for your viewers out there, I, you know, I'm 36 years old. I'm 36 years old and I've had no family history of infertility and I have no family history of testicular cancer, not Hodgkin's lymphoma, pancreatic cancer, prostate cancer. I, I just don't have the family history of that. So for this to happen, obviously has, has raised the alarm bells in, in the doctors at VCU that I'm, I'm actively working with right now. You know, because there has to be a reason. People don't have unknown etologies um, in regards to this sort of thing without there being an underlying cause. And one of the things that I, I failed to mention, I should have, was that I was asked a question at EVMS. I was asked a question at uh, Urology of Virginia. And I've certainly been asked a question at um, both uh, uh, VCU Urology and VCU Endocrinology was, was whether or not I'd ever been exposed to toxic chemicals, right? And the answer that I gave was yes. And I, I you know, the other, the other thing that they said, well, do you have any history of drug use? Well, no, I, I don't. I've been in the fire service, you know, for 14 years, you know, since my early twenties. And, you know, they asked me, okay, well, do you have any, you know, history of uh, uh, testosterone usage? And I said, no, I don't. I've never used steroids or anything like that, if that's what you're referring to. And they're like, yeah, I said, no. They said, okay. And the, every single time they wrote that down, they said, well, that's interesting. Well, no shit. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a job where, you know, not, you know, as you know, we're all in the job that we're exposed, you know, and for a long time, you know, everybody thought that it was, it was the combustion of materials during fire, live fire that was causing our cancer. And, and I'll never, and I'll never disregard that right that is in my opinion half of the equation the other half of the equation is the stuff that we're wearing our ppe to fight those fires so i think it's i think it's a double-edged sword i think that yeah yeah we're getting you know the effects from you know fire and the soot and all that other stuff is 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 equally as big of a problem as it is the gear that we're wearing to fight it and I think that that is, that is the full problem that we're facing is it's our gear and it's due to fire itself. Yeah, there's a lot there, Brian, for sure. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I've been on clomiphene. I take testosterone. Um, you know, shift work is a big problem. Yeah sleep um there's there's so there's so many different this whole problem this cancer epidemic in the fire service i always i always talk about it this way let me give me a minute i know it's your show but let me let me talk just for to kind of explain things where i'm at if you're climbing a ladder at a fire scene you trip off that ladder and you fall and you break your ankle boom there it is it's pretty damn obvious where when and how you broke your ankle it's not that way of cancer. Yeah. You know, there's such as latency period, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. You know, was it your gear? Was it your uniform? Was it your shift work? Was it this fire? Was that fire? Was it a combination of all these fires? Was it what you eat? 
are you a beast you know it's goes on and there's and you never really find out that answer and that's the frustrating part but at least with you you have you have some leads yeah you have you have you've got some science that's kind of pointing you in one direction of of what the problem is and and why it's there which is good but it's still i imagine disheartening you're still a young guy you still want to start a family doesn't sound like it's going to happen the traditional way no no it's not you know but we're um you know we're still actively pursuing that and while it may not be in what's widely considered the traditional way um you know there are options out there for us and uh, we'll come together and we'll uh, review those options and we'll try to move forward that's awesome man yeah you know I was an advocate before, and I think you were as well, before shit happened to us. And then it becomes personal. Yeah. And it takes to a different level. So I, I know you're going to do it. I don't even have to say anything. Just keep on fighting. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Where can uh, where can everybody find you? I know you got a Medium page. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, that's, that's usually the primary way to get a hold of me is, can email me at uh, goodman030 at icloud.com. You could reach out through my Medium page. And um, I also have a Twitter account. It's at Herd Nation. So. No MySpace? No, no, I can't. No. It's a shame. You're missing out. You got to pick your own music. Man, that's like, that's taking me back to college days. <laughs> uh, it's just a funny, dumb thing that I do. No, man, uh, seriously, um, dude, I, you got to just keep going Yeah. and what you're doing and getting yourself out there, whether it's on this show or anybody else's show and the blogs and just making noise. I mean, that's, what's going to change this. And that's where you and I, you know, whatever happened has happened. I do believe we can help others. And that's, I do, I that's, do too. That's why I keep doing this. It's not about me. It gives a shit about me. It's, you know, about everybody else. So yeah, I can't, I can't change what's happened to me and my wife, but you know, like you said, well, the one thing I can do is I can try to keep pushing, um, keep fighting, try to get the word out because if, if it just helps one person, just one single person, it is worth everything because you cannot put a price tag on human life. And that is my only objective. No, I'll, I'll, uh, I will do this. I, I want to do one quick plug because I think this is, it's, well, it's related. It's relevant. We do have the TIA that's now part of the NFPA 1971 uh, committee. Uh, TIA is essentially, it's amendment. It's trying to change the way. Um, what how the standard is presented and in that standard it has a uv light test that was um, brought about in 2006 from a university of kentucky student's thesis paper that she wrote in 2000 and because of that test that's the reason we still have these chemicals within our gear and this tia just simply removes that test and the intent is it gives manufacturers the option to have gear without 
these chemicals in it. We've already seen where they've taken it out of the outer shell, but by removing this test, now as long as everything else can pass all the other uh, tests inside that standard, they'll be able to offer gear that's fluorine free, that's PFAS free, doesn't have the stuff in it, which is ultimately what the firefighters, the people that wear this gear want to have. They don't want these chemicals in there. So that is ongoing right now. There's going to be a website. I'm hoping it's up by now. If not, it's going to be up very shortly. It should be um, www.pfosfreeppe.com, maybe org. I don't know yet, but you're going to <laughs> you're going to see it here any day now. The uh, public comment is open till August 4th, and it is our opportunity to be heard and to make make noise, just like with this episode it is making noise, getting the word out there, but basically saying. We don't wear, want to wear this shit anymore. Give us something else. You know, it's this is this is dumb. We can debunk the science. So um, that was my little um, shameless plug for what many of the people that you talked about, the Sean Mitchells, the Diane and Paul Cotters, um, you know, the Kyla Bennett's. I mean, every, every all these different people have come together to try to defeat this monster known as PFOS. Yeah. So yeah, with that, no, do you have, do you have anything else, my friend? I, I think that as a society, you know, we, we have got to sound the alarm. Our blind trust in these chemical companies and uh, you know, these, these gear manufacturers and Exxon and, you know, Monsanto I mean, they've literally created one of the worst environmental catastrophes known to humankind. And we, we have to hold them accountable. We have to speak out and we have to be better. We need to go to the doctor. We need to get tested. And, uh, you know, we got to take care of one another. The shirt that you're wearing right now. Yeah. They have our back. They do now. They do now. They do now. I mean, the, 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 that's why I'm wearing this shirt. The TIA, (laughs) I'm, by the way, I'm wearing a Rudy shirt. So all the Notre Dame, all the Notre Dame talk you were, you were talking (laughs) was, I was giggling because I'm wearing my, my Rudy shirt. Um, but, um, no, this TIA that was submitted was submitted under President, uh, IFF President Ed Kelly. And when he signed that thing, he signed it with 324,000 and changed names. Like, this needs to end. So, yeah, it does. Hopefully, it does. And uh, the fuckery ends because that's what it is. Yeah. In the truest sense. Yes. Money, money over health needs to end. It's just, it's astonishing. It's, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful that, um, you know, we have, we have people like Ed Kelly and, and Kyla Bennett and, uh, you know, organizations like Stop Gen X down in Carolina and, and, and all across the country, you know, Pat Elder's doing amazing work on the military side of this with militarypoisons.org. You know, the, these people are just, they're amazing. They're remarkable. You know, and from obviously from the reporting of, you know, Sharon Lerner and Carrie Gellum, like 
we have to keep pushing this. We have to keep pushing and keep fighting. For sure. Yes. And you and I, I have no doubt we'll continue that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we got a, we got a small army that's coming together. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yes. It's, so we're, it's pretty special. It is. It is for sure. I'm glad to be part of the team and we all contribute in our different ways. So, and you contributed today, my friend. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Absolutely. So with that, let's get out of here. He's Brian. I'm Jim and we are out of time. Brian, again, keep up the good fight, my friend. Yep. Thank you for having me. Of course.